Hello and welcome to the White Shorts podcast. I'm Bella Cartman and I'll be your host for the series. Now, this podcast came about from conversations I've had with players, coaches and fans of women's football and women's sport. There is so much being discussed on a daily basis about challenges faced by female players, the improvements we would like to see in the game and how there are these amazing women quietly working away to improve our clubs and associations for the women of tomorrow. With the recent explosion in women's sports, I sought out a platform where I could learn more about these incredible women and what they're doing for women's football in New Zealand. What I found should have come as no surprise, but this platform did not exist. So, the White Shorts podcast was born. This podcast aims to bring to light the work being done by these incredible women along with highlighting some of the adversities they have faced by being involved in the game. Each week, I'll be joined by a player, coach or manager from around New Zealand for a fireside chat. We'll talk about their motivations, their journeys and, crucially, what they've learned along the way. So come join us and we hope these discussions inspire ones of your own. Right, so today on the podcast, we are joined by Lena. Thank you for coming on today. Hey, no problem, mate. Happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Little fun fact for all you listeners, actually. Um, Lena was one of the first two people I told about this podcast way back at the start of the year. So a big part of this podcast coming about is actually because of you, Lena. So thank you. Aw, that's so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. And yeah, you've been like a big supporter of it. So yeah, it's just... It's awesome to have you on for the first episode. Of course, man. I feel like this is such a bit of you and it's really going to be a good experience, <laughs> I think. So, yeah, no, no. definitely worthwhile. Awesome. Well, to start us off, do you want to just give us the first memory that you have of football? Yeah, sure. Um, my first memory, well, I'd probably say is um, my just my dad and my sister because... Um, they were right into it. My sister played and obviously my dad was one of the football dads who loved to be involved, you know, the classic. Um, And he was actually a coach of her team. Mm. And so I remember I just used to be traveling along with them wherever they went um, to every football game and just on the sideline, whether I'd be freezing or just, (laughs) I don't know, kicking a ball or whatever. Um, Yeah, I'd always be there just watching and kind of enjoying it um yeah I don't know so following in your sister's footsteps or I guess so yeah definitely like she's the one that started it all I actually did not want to play um and then my dad kind of forced me (laughs) (laughs) and then I I kind of didn't have a choice but um no regrets I'm glad that he did that now looking back on it obviously But definitely at the time, I was not keen, which was pretty funny. That's so interesting to hear because I think anyone who knows you now and, you know, you've played all over the country, so there are quite a few girls who would know you as a player. Yeah. And I think everyone would agree with me when I say, like, you're one of the best players that to watch play football like honestly <laughs> oh, like the ball just sticks to your feet and it's so frustrating. No, I wish. I wish. Um, but yeah, so I guess... Next question would be, what, like, do you want to just give us a rundown of your career in football? Where have you played? Which clubs have you been at? Yeah, man, that's a good long story, <laughs> I'd say. But, um, yeah, no, my first year ever playing football, I was, I actually started when I was nine, and I think that's 
quite late. Like most of my mates who play, I feel they started when they were like five years old and that's yeah. kind of the classic, you yeah. know, as soon as possible. But um, no, I was nine and I started out at a club called Onslow and um, it was an all-girls team. That was the only way that um, my dad was to convince me to play was for me to start out in an all-girls team because really? like, my best mate played in it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I started off there and then um, wasn't there for long, ended up moving to a club called Lower Hutt City and then I was there for quite a while because that's where my dad coached and my sister played um, and then I ended up going over to Upper Hutt City um, cause we heard that there was a pretty good coach, um, getting involved there. Um, so we're keen to, you know, get involved yeah. with that. And then I was there for about four years and then I went down to uni. So obviously couldn't stay playing for Upper Heart. Um, so yeah, I ended up playing for the university team, which was good fun. As you no, know, that's how yeah. I met you. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, after university, just moved back to Welly and now I'm playing for Wellington United. Yeah, very nice. And you mentioned you went from Upper Hutt City to down playing in Dunedin, Otago Uni. Yeah. Do you want to just talk me through a bit about that transition? So going from that kind of club that you'd been with for a wee while, going from school where, you know, you'd say you'd with them for, what, four years. Mm. You knew all the girls, you're comfortable with them, you had your family around you. Yeah. And then making that transition down to a brand-new city, brand-new island, brand-new club, and doing it in your first year as well when you're going from high school study to, you know, a pretty full-on university workload. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to just talk me through kind of how, how you went about that? I think, yeah, it's a good question to be fair. Like, it was definitely a big change, I think. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I was pretty fortunate because my sister had been Mm. down there. Um, She had been at the university a few years before me and um, I guess playing for the team a few years before me as well. So when I came down, it was quite nice just having that you know, familiar face around, which kind of helped introduce me to other people. And, um, cause I find personally, you know, entering a new team, it's always going to be quite a different environment and Mm. you don't always know what to expect with the players or the coaching or, you know, the environment in general. So I think definitely having her there helped me a lot. Um, but I knew that it was quite a new thing for, um, a few other players as well which always helps, you know, if you know you're not the only one in that boat. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think all the girls were really, I guess, inviting and yeah. it was pretty easy coming into it, mm. um, which always helps a lot. Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, moving into, as you say, moving into, like, any new team, you've just got to see what the vibes are. Yeah, yeah. Bluntly and just see if, you know, the vibes work for you or if they don't 100% I think for me personally like I coming into a new team I'd be quite like a shy person yeah not really wanting to give too much away but then obviously with those who know me now and like yeah the way I am once I'm comfortable like I'm probably one of the silliest people you know (laughs) you know in the team so 
I think that's just comes with um, becoming a lot more comfortable with the people around you. And yeah, yeah, I understand that it is quite a scary step um, moving, especially like if you're moving away from home mm. um, into a whole nother city, let alone like another team. Um, it may be a bit more of a daunting process because um, there's, you're, I mean, you're less likely to know people in yeah. another city right yeah. but um and it's just yeah a whole new environment completely. yeah 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 you never really know fully what to expect but yeah. no I think for me yeah I was pretty lucky with having my sister down there and the it OG. worked out pretty well yeah um and then I mean as one of those seasoned vets on the team the silliest <laughs> person <laughs> The silliest yeah. person in, in the team, um, per your own words. Um, do you have any uh, tips, I guess, or any, you know, life, life advice, if you will, on for some of these younger players that, you know, maybe are making that transition mm. to uni or uh, making that trans- transition to a more serious club? Um, like, how you go about just kind of not freaking yourself out so much that you get all up in your head about moving? Yeah, I think... Well, I can't speak generally, but that's quite a common thing for, like, women in sport to do, you know. But, um, no, I think just for you to be yourself, eh? Like, just don't fret. It's so – it's easy to say, right? It's not as easy to do. But, honestly, like, if I was just to say anything, then I'd say just be yourself and, like, don't overthink things. Um, It's easy for us to – overthink like what we think other people may be thinking about it um or what other people may be thinking about us but oftentimes people are just focused on themselves you know like it's no biggie so yeah yeah I think just being yourself and don't be afraid to you know yeah well I mean there's what 15 to 20 people in a wider squad on a football team like that's 20 different personalities. You're going to find someone 100%. that you can connect with yeah. at some level. And I think it's just about remembering, like, everyone has their place, right? Definitely, yeah. And I think even on the flip side of that as well, just players maybe who have been in the team previously, just, you know, don't hesitate just to welcome that new person in. and like, Because yeah. it may not take much for you or mean that much to you, but... For that person coming in, I bet you, like, and through my own experience, like, it means a lot. Oh, yeah. You know? No, that's, yeah, that's such a good point that you make, like, having those older players step up. Because you can, I feel like some players can become so kind of, I've been around this club for ages. Yeah. Like, I'm the boss here. And it's like. <laughs> and, and, and and Engrossed in it, eh? Yeah. yeah. And it is, it is on you to kind of make it the environment that you want players to come into. 100%, yeah. And at the end of the day. Well, I'm not sure for every team out there, but for my own team, like just keen for it to be a positive environment and everyone to be enjoying themselves, you know, because at the end of the day, you're there because you, well, hopefully because you enjoy (laughs) it, right? So yeah, you don't want it to be a place where you go to and you're just constantly fretting or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. no one wants that, so. No. Oh, no, that's, that's like, that's such good advice. And it's, like, awesome to hear from, like, someone like you who has played in so many teams and in so many different environments. Like, it is cool to hear and hear you speak about people stepping up into those leadership roles. Like, I think that is a really important point that people forget about quite mm, often. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, and I just want to pick up on something you said, like, a few minutes ago about, um, you know, women in sport getting so 
kind of all up in their own mm. head sometimes. <laughs> yeah. let's, just, let's delve a bit deeper into, <laughs> <laughs> into yeah, that yeah. one because I know for the team we play for at the moment, like there's a bit of chatter in our preseason um, going on about, you know, game face and, you know, getting getting in the right mentality. And mm. yeah, like, do you have any experience or can you give us an example of maybe when you've gotten all up in your own head and it turned out to be okay or... Um, oh mate too many times (laughs) too many times like even what we were just speaking on about um the transition from my club team um in Wellington to going down to university and playing for that team like man I was honestly like I was petrified at the time um but realizing you know once you're getting into it and and you actually go like you take the step to go and um do all that sort of thing like mm. you realize it's actually not as big of a deal as you may once thought yeah. like almost like the hardest part is starting or... yeah yeah just taking that leap of faith and going for it I think um because yeah we we tend to overthink don't oh we oh my god um, yeah probably ridiculous. a lot to kind of our own detriment but I think it is important just to I mean, not necessarily block that out because it is what it is, but just to remind yourself, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. Just, you know, take one step at a time. First, just go see how you do, mm. see how you find it. And, you know, once you're, once you go, as, if, if this is like joining a new team and going to trainings or whatever, and you don't enjoy it, like after a while, like no stress, don't feel like you have to stay, but, mm. you know, at least try, I reckon, like. That's yeah. just important because um, then you know and you owe it to yourself, you know, just to, to go for it um, and then you've got no regrets. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're thinking about playing for a team or getting back in after like a break or something, it obviously means that on some level you want to play football. Yeah. And, you know, everyone who turns up to training wants to play football and that's kind of all there really is to it. Yeah. When you get down to it. Like, yeah, it's that simple, right? Yeah, it's you you simple. play football because you want to play football and if you're playing football with other people who want to play football, then, you know, yeah, full stop. That's end of story. That's all really. you need. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, and especially when it comes to maybe like big game days or, you know, we, for example, have um, we have a pretty big game or at the time of we're recording this, a pretty big game coming up. Um, do you think, yeah, like is there any kind of mental strategies you use coming into those games that to just calm yourself down or take a step back um, and, you know, just relax the mind a bit and, yeah, remind mm. yourself that it's not the be-all and end-all? Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know specifically. Like, I feel like I have a few different things that I do, whether that's just, like, being by myself and just putting some good music on and chilling out and, (laughs) I don't know, just reminding myself, like, that's not all there is to life, you know? Like, not that one specific game or that one specific thing, but... um, For anyone wondering what that really good music is... (laughs) It's no. uh, Bikini Bottom by Ice Spice. <laughs> oh, man, I've been so outed recently with this. Um, um, never my yeah, friend. Give it a listen. <laughs> it is a good bop, to be yeah. fair. You can't go wrong. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, I guess, yeah, maybe a bit of a segue, but kind of this wider conversation about women in sport and, um, you know, maybe some of the challenges we face. 
Mm. And, you know, that's kind of the overall idea of what this podcast is trying to talk about a bit. It's just like maybe some of the subtle, the subtle challenges that we face just on a daily basis, but that kind of go unnoticed at that kind of higher level of sport. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think, do you think having like a, a male coach versus a female coach makes a difference as a female player? Or do you think it truly does come down to the specific coaching style of each individual? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think, oh, gosh, that's a good one, eh? I think women it, can relate maybe mm. on different kind of wavelengths or levels um, yeah. then, in ways that men can't. Not like taking anything away from um, male coaches, but... I don't know, even as you say, like the little things that not necessarily like guys or would even pick the up on. Overthinking. Yeah. Like that's yeah. just something that females do more than males. Yeah, just yeah, scientifically, right? Yeah. Like it's a thing. And I think from their standpoint, it's almost kind of comforting to know mm. that you don't have to feel like different or out of place for having any of those extra quirks, I guess, <laughs> or, you know, anything like that. Um, yeah. And because for me personally, like I've had female coaches right from when I basically started playing football and it's made me, it's never made me question um, like being a female playing football. Like, yeah. I've never felt out of place mm. in that regard, I guess, because I've been surrounded by kind of female coaches and in that way. But mm. um, yeah, I guess I've valued that over time. Yeah, as well. No, for sure. Um, do you think? Because taking a wider wider view, I guess, um, like there are more male coaches in football as a general role, and especially coaching female football Mm. um do you think it's important for like younger players or younger women to see more females in these kind of head coach roles so we've got like we've got a head coach for the women's phoenix team Mm. we've now got yitka who's coaching the football fans yeah and you know those are two pretty big positions and to see women coaching these huge teams at this national level and it's very exciting but then you kind of look across the world and across teams across the world and at some of the American leagues and the British leagues and it's still mostly males Mm. coaching the female game and while there is an element of you know it's got to be the best person for the job is like are there no women there because they haven't been given those opportunities to progress mm. in those roles. Yeah. Do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a good question. Eh? I, as you say, it's definitely like male dominated. Um, and I think, and hopefully through time, we'll get to see kind of the growth of um, female coaches within the sport. And I mm. think that's already started to happen. Mm. Um and yeah, like for example, um, with the head coach of the Phoenix, Nat, yeah. Natalie Lawrence, yeah, I was fortunate enough to have her as a coach back in the day. No when, way. Yeah, and this was like right when I started football, basically, um, um, coaching for one of the federation teams that I was in. And yeah, I think it's definitely 
an important aspect for young players, as you say, um, just because, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, but you you kind of realize yeah. you could get to like get yeah. that opportunity in the in the future, yeah. um, and you don't almost feel so alone or kind of out of place being a female in the sport. Yeah. Um, so kind of having that, seeing those head coaches being females, yeah, um, I think can definitely influence how yeah. you may think about the sport and, yeah, especially yeah. as a young player. Well, yeah, I guess even, like, engaging with the sport, if you know, you, you know, you could love the sport and be um, super interested in it, but maybe don't quite have the talent or the skill to get to a national level as a player, but... I know, been able to see that you can maybe go down the coaching route instead. Yeah, hundred percent. Like such an important part of the growth in the game. Yeah. For women in sport. Yeah, and I think that has been lacking, like in the past. If yeah. if you don't, you know, as you say, quite make it as a footballer, it's kind of like that's it almost. Yeah, like you just have to go yeah. find something out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas now it seems like, especially with the FIFA Women's World Cup coming yeah. up. I feel like there has been kind of more opportunities and kind of like um, even just, yeah, that kind of thing for mm. females to realise you could go down that path, you know, yeah, and still sure. be involved in the sport without, <laughs> like, playing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. And I guess that comes down to also um, – females getting injured in the sport because I know that's very common and then you may think you're kind of down and out but you know coaching and things like that is always an option always another option no for sure yeah um yeah and then I mean how good is it that we have a phoenix women's team yeah oh my gosh yeah how yeah as a player like a young female player like yeah what does it mean to you oh it's cool like it's so good to see kind of just that support almost mm. from um, the city and, you know, that kind of thing um, to see kind of the growth of more players coming through. And that's such a good platform, you know, yeah. to for players to kind of escalate maybe from club teams or um, National Women's League teams mm. to then, you know, head towards the direction of potential ferns, you know, yeah, through that sure. Phoenix step, which is really cool so yeah what is it like seeing you know you've, you've played with Emma Main who's now playing in the Phoenix women's team and yes. she yeah um <laughs> you know seeing someone that you played with at this club level just be picked up into a pro team like that oh man it's so sick it's yeah. so cool to see um and yeah because I mean I've known Emma for so long she's one of the first kind of girls that I met playing football um back in the upper hut days um, and seeing her, you know, progress to where she is now, it's so sick. Like, yeah. and I guess that gives kind of, well, women my age also like, what am I trying to say? Like, like hope almost? Yeah. It gives you kind of hope that it's not all over yet. Like if you want to get to that level, you can, yeah. you know? And I think she's just such a great example of that. Mm. And then, yeah, being able to watch her debut for the Phoenix. Amazing. So mean. Yeah. Like, 
Um, and she killed it. And she killed it. What, she, it ever she set up a goal. Yeah. Almost scored herself. Think, yeah. And she got an assist in her second game or something. Hundred like, percent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um, cool. Like you know, people our age, and yeah, it just shows that you don't have to be. So you know, you don't have to be that twenty-year-old, eighteen, yeah. even. Well, even like, I think I feel like prior to the Phoenix team, if you weren't picked up in that kind of under seventeen New Zealand's squad, or mm. way back in the day we yeah. had NTC, which <laughs> I don't know if NTC still exists. Oh um, God, I don't even know either. Yeah, but if you kind of weren't in that early group, mm. it did feel a bit like you'd hit twenty. And, it, you know, you didn't really have another opportunity. Yeah. Or it would become the pathway a lot, a lot harder. so much narrower. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, like, it's as you say, seeing Emma Main just jump from club to a pro club. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, it, it's so indicative of how amazing and important it is to have this Phoenix women's team and how important it is to have these opportunities for these girls to pick up this talent that maybe fell through the cracks earlier on. Yeah. And opening up, as you say, more pathways for these girls 100%. to get to that top level. Yeah, it's, you know, you're not all down and out. Like, yeah. now with this becoming a thing, as we mentioned earlier, like, seeing kind of some of the Phoenix girls now debut for the Ferns. Like, yeah. it is just that pathway now that is just one more than what there was exactly. before it, and which was basically nothing, you know, so. Yeah, and it's going to, I mean, ultimately it's going to make our ferns better because we're picking up more talent. Yeah, well, I guess because that, that building phase is so important, mm. right, because obviously it's going to take time and as fans and supporters, um, we gotta, we can't just expect, you know, as soon as the team comes out, like, yeah. that they're going to be amazing. It's going to take a few years and, you know, no one knows how many years that may take. But it's also a big thing about it is just players learning to play with each other. And um, that's always going to take time when you're bringing in new new players and things like that, which is great to see. Mm. But, yeah, it doesn't happen overnight, I guess. So we just got to be patient and... Um, even watching the Phoenix women's team play this season, the amount of growth that oh my God. I, I've yeah. watched, like, it's crazy. At the start of the season, yeah. compared to at the end of the season, man, they were just on it. Yeah, you oh, know, miles complete, apart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's been great to see. And, you know, that just comes down to um, – getting to know how each other play and gelling as a team and all that thing. And, and, you know, it just takes time. So Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, like, as well, like, especially in football at the moment, you'd see it, you see it in the Premier League quite a bit, like, coaches and manage, team managers are just, they're not given any leeway on, like, building a team. And, like, you know, if they're not getting results straight away, then they're, they're done, they're fired. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like when you've got a brand-new team, brand-new coaching staff, like, just allow them to like yeah. work it out let them work it out and also we should support them to work it out 100% as you say like it's our city's team yeah and I guess you can say it's our country's team to an extent mm. um and especially like in the a-league like it's our only New Zealand team for the woman yeah um so yeah how do you think like we as a city or we as a country could like support the girls more because the the attendance is not great at the games mm. and especially at the home games at Sky Stadium. Like it's not 
it's not great. Yeah, it's, it's not as good as it could be, really. Yeah, and as, you know, as young females in the sport, like, it's frustrating to see. And it's like, how do you, how do you, how do you get it across that, like, they're in this building phase mm. and we need to support them? Yeah, I think definitely the expectation is quite high. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily fair, but I think trying to show your support through attendance, like, it's fine for people. People, I mean, that I found can be talking about it and how it's so cool, blah, 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 that our Phoenix women, for example, are playing, like, at the Westpac Stadium. Yeah. But then they won't show up and, like, yeah. actually support them, yeah. you know, which is fine. Everyone's busy in their own lives and stuff, but it is cool just to see people making that effort and actually going along yeah. um, to support the girls. Um, yeah. And well, like and yeah, and having a fan atmosphere makes such a difference 100%. on game day, like for an actual game. Like it's just having supporters there just completely changes your own mentality and the team's mentality. And, yeah, I know it just makes it so much more enjoyable to play yeah. but also adds an element of I guess another level of seriousness yeah because it's just that much more real right like yeah. if you can see people cheering your name and you hear people chanting for the yeah. phoenix like it's so real and yeah. I feel like oh for sure that makes all the difference yeah, yeah. speaking of fans and chanting and um supporting <laughs> the girls yeah we went to the USA vs Ferns match we did at the, the start of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, how amazing was it to see one our ferns, but also some of those big name American players? That, yeah, <laughs> I think you we know. were fangirling <laughs> a little bit too hard. Eh? Oh, we were fangirling so hard. But you know, you've got like the Rose LaBelle's, the Becky Sauerbrunn's, the Alex Morgan's oh, on yeah. New Zealand Christine soil. Lewis. I yeah. was like, what? <laughs> this um, is crazy. Yeah, what it, like. What it, how, how was it to be at that game? Mate, I mean, you were there. It yeah. was sick. Hey? Oh, it, it was, was so sick. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I think because obviously I've only ever seen some of those US players watching them, you know, on yeah. the telly or just seeing through social media. Um, but to see them in person, yeah. I think, <laughs> was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was just like a whole different level Um whole different atmosphere actually watching them live yeah um what well, was it they they became real like they, yeah. you know you were like yeah. oh my god you're a person exactly and it sounds so silly but it's so true though yeah you kind of forget don't you and yeah. then until you see them in the flesh you're like whoa yeah it's actually you're real <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i think what the they got ten, some ten thousand and something fans for that game. Gosh, yeah, yeah, it was, something like that. Like it, it was pretty too shabby. I mean, one half of the stadium was pretty packed. Yeah, definitely. Do you think? Well, obviously, with the FIFA World Cup coming up, do you think that Wellington as a city and then New Zealand as a country is going to be able to keep up that fan atmosphere for the games coming up? Yeah, well. I, I hope so, and I think they will, because, like, you know, it's the, isn't it, like, the first World Cup in, like, Women's Football World Cup in the Southern Hemisphere or something, so it's so new, and I feel like it is such a great opportunity for people to go along and watch something that we haven't really had before, Yeah. Um. so, yeah, I'm thinking, like, 
surely the numbers are going to peak. <laughs> surely. Because I, I know that we're going to go along. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm thinking, like, it's surely going to be pretty pretty popular event with yeah. lots of people going. Um, yeah, and as someone who, you know, you're pretty involved in football in Wellington and, you, you, know, you, know, you know what's going on in terms of New Zealand football, how has been the hype so far? Like, what's been the hype from your perspective for the FIFA World Cup so far? Have you have you felt it? Have you noticed any like major differences in terms of like around the city or? Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that um, the effort has mm. been there. It's been put in, um, which is so cool to see. Yeah. Because you know it, and not like it was completely lacking before, but I mean it was kind of dry, you know. So I feel like this, um, the introduction of the World Cup has just put a whole new spin on it. And I think it's been great to see just kind of the, even just the support from the country as a whole and um, seeing the effort that they've made to to um, kind of, you know, showcase what's going to yeah. happen, especially for women, obviously, mm. um, which has been really cool to see, you know, even with like younger women, yeah, kind of going along to these things oh, and experiencing absolutely. them, you know. Yeah. Well, like, do you think if you if you can cast your mind back, a bit of a rough question, I guess, but you know, <laughs> if you were kind of ten years old and you were wanting to play footy and you saw this coming to our shores, like, yeah, what do you think it would have like meant to you as kind of that age? Because oh, for us man. at the moment, it's exciting. We know the players. Yeah, We've yeah, been yeah. involved for a while. We've been following a lot of the players for a while. Yeah. And, you know, it's a great, like, we get to see some real footballing talent. But for the younger generation who maybe haven't been following it, don't really know them as the c- celebrities they are, I guess, mm. having this come to our shores, like, do ha- what, do you, what do you think, like, the, the difference in these girls post, post-World Cup is going to be? Well, I don't know. I think it's just such a – it's a great introduction – into the sport for like younger players yeah like yeah as you say they probably know if if they're playing at the time kind of surface level Mm. but actually being able to dive more deeply into it and getting to know all these teams and all these like class players yeah I think it's such a cool thing you know and it's something that as a young person, it's probably something you'd never forget, you no. know? That's oh, something, absolutely. Yeah, like, I remember um, just going to, like, my first all-whites game. Yeah. And that I've never forgotten that experience because it was absolutely mental, like, at Wellington Stadium. Um, and I can just envision, well, envision, <laughs> I can just envision, like, the younger, I guess, female players and young girls just having the same thing, you know, Mm. just making it a memorable moment that they'll never forget. For sure. And I wonder as well if, because, I mean, just as you said, like you remember your first all-whites game and I've got the exact same memory. But the thing is, again, like they're both all-whites games that we remember and I don't know, I can't really necessarily remember a football fans game I went to when I was younger. Yeah, so true. And that might be just my personal experience. But, you know, I wonder if, with this World Cup coming to the shores, like it's going to have this huge impact on the female players, the young female players, but also those young male players growing up and having this massive spectacle of female football on show. Yeah. And I wonder if it would just in this younger generation 
ingrain some of that respect for women's sports a bit deeper in them as they grow up. Yeah, for sure. Because I think we grew up, and people who are slightly older than us grew up with, like, you know, it was still very male-dominated. Male oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, and so, yeah, hopefully this, yeah, this World Cup kind of introduces it from that baseline level of women's sports here, and it's amazing, and it's a showcase, and it's something that is worth getting invested in to this younger generation. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely a positive step in the right direction, eh? 100%, yeah. yeah. Um, now, talking about big games and younger younger generation, while we've got this massive spectacle coming, we actually just have some great football happening in New Zealand on a <laughs> yearly basis in terms of both the Kate Shepherd Cup and the National Women's League. Yeah. So we were actually having a chat, Lena and I, about this right before we came on because I was doing a little bit of background research on both of these things. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh, I got so confused. No offence to New Zealand football, but, um, yeah, it's really hard to decipher if you're not quite sure what you're reading about. Mm. So for the listeners, do you want to just run us through, one, what is the National Women's League? And then, two, what is... The Kate Shepherd Cup. Yeah, so for the National Women's League, it's basically just, um, yeah, I understand why you're confused because it is changing this year. Um, yep. So previous years, it's always been kind of um, your local region, I guess you could say. So kind of players from clubs within each region congregate and come into like a regional team, which is probably, well, it was based up of, there was Auckland teams, um, there was a few teams down south, so Southern United and Canterbury Pride, and then kind of in the wider Wellington region, there was Capital and um, also Central Football, which is kind of like Palmy, Gisborne and that kind of thing. And yeah, there used to be um, Ybop, which was like Waikato and stuff, yeah. and then yeah, just a few Auckland teams as well. Um, but I guess, I believe this year we're changing it up, um, to also match the, what the men's league yeah. is doing. Um, and that's where it will be, um, each two top teams, I think, from yeah. every kind of club league. Yeah. Um, that... Yeah, the top two teams will get promoted into now what will be the National Women's League. So National Women's League, we've got National Women's League, yeah. and then there's also another league, the Kate Shepherd Cup. Mm. Do you want to just quickly run through what the Kate Shepherd Cup is? Yeah, sure. Every club from around New Zealand kind of plays in a knockout system. <laughs> and so you'll find, like, Clubs play other clubs, and then um, once you lose, you're basically out of the cup. So then you just carry on doing whatever. Yeah. Um, but those who do win each game, um, you'll progress, I guess, into the next knockout round and then the next knockout round. Um, and then I guess that just keeps going until you finally get to just whatever two teams, um, two club teams are left in New Zealand mm. that are still in it, and then yeah, there's a big final and see who manages to win. Yeah, big trophy ceremony. Yeah. yeah I believe um, Wellington United picked up the trophy, what, two seasons ago? Yeah, they did. 
pretty pretty impressive stuff yeah. really no very exciting I mean it's not an easy feat you no. know so it's I mean you're basically crowned the best club in New Zealand when yeah. you win that so yeah it's definitely uh I guess I guess like a goal for many teams throughout New Zealand yeah. to win that yeah no 100% um, but yeah I mean I guess again like some top talent in New Zealand on show at our local fields and oh, yeah. yeah and again like and I guess maybe that's another goal of this podcast is having people people like you come on and you know just show that there is this amazing talent down the road for people and they don't mm. have to go searching for it they don't it's not this big spectacle that they need to you know put all this effort into you know you can just pop down the road on your Saturday morning and grab a coffee and watch some sport 100% and yeah and you will be be seeing some of the best players in New Zealand um, yeah and I mean that's the that's the best thing about National Women's League as well is yeah oftentimes it's kind of in those warmer summer months so it's not so bad you know <laughs> yeah getting for up sure and, you're not sitting and, there on the sideline yeah, while it's raining out, yeah, yeah enjoy some sunshine yeah and get amongst it no for sure and I think as well like um but a lot of people don't even know that these leagues exist they don't know that these leagues are available to watch Mm. and maybe that's a point that we need to look into more as you know either women in sport or just as a society as a whole but why do people not know about these leagues you know it's a national league like it's a big deal yeah I mean and even if you don't have the ability to just go drive down to a game a lot of the games well, actually, I think every single game is live streamed, mm. and it has gotten better over the years as well with kind of commentators. Yeah. Who, um, you know, back in the day, I feel like sometimes they would just be, just be nothing silent, or you can hear a few yells from yeah. the pitch. But um, no, now there's definitely commentators um, speaking on the games while they're being played, which yeah. is really cool to see. Oh, 100%. Um, and, yeah, that's always a step in the right direction as well, which, mm. you know, you can just go onto YouTube, type in the type in the game link, and there yeah. you go. It's, yeah, it's very accessible. And so, yeah, I guess the question now is, like, how do, how do we get that out there to people? How do we get people knowing about these links and about these games mm. and um, getting them wanting to watch the sport? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, get them excited about it, eh? Yeah, the million-dollar question. Yeah, I mean, promotion, that's always a huge one. Yeah. Just, like, sponsorships as well. Um, but, yeah, the promotional side of things, I think a lot of um, teams kind of lack that advertising side of stuff. Yeah. Um, which, you know, there is always a bit of that, and which is great to see, but there's always can be improvement yeah room room for more for sure yeah um hey well we'll wrap it up there should we I mean it's been amazing to have you on and you've definitely brought in some really good insights into football New Zealand in general and I mean I struggled with that whole National League Kate Shepard thing so (laughs) don't worry to hear it it it's a bit confusing well to hear you explain it as seasoned vet as yourself Um, it's absolutely, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, again, just thank you for coming on for the first episode. And, yeah, of course, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, anyone who knows you knows that you're an absolute gem to be around and <laughs> a gem to have on the pitch and off the pitch. So, oh, thanks, mate. Same goes. <laughs> Same goes. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, and good luck for the game tomorrow against the Cali Cup final. For anyone who's wondering, mm. um, big match, preseason match. Cali Cup happens every year in Wellington. Uh, there may be other preseason cups around the country that you could tune into as well. Um, but yeah, big matchup between Wellington United and Karori Waterside. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good game. Yeah, Karori won 2022. I think United won 2021. So yeah. champs against champs. It's going to be a goodie. It will be. It will Woo. be. Right. Well, thank you very much. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll catch you later. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, proud of you for starting up this podcast. It's so cool to see. And it's nice to just get, you know, a female voice out there talking about these things, which is cool. For sure. We need it. We need Woo. it. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, the sport's growing. So hopefully, hopefully New Zealand can grow with it. 100%. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. What a, what a sentence. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in and we will see you next week for our next mystery guest.